where they initially planned to retire together. Instead, they ended up going through a divorce. Then in September, Michael was found dead in Kentucky. Hey, everyone. Welcome to my channel. If you're new here, my name is Amanda, and I discuss all things true crime related on this channel. Now, if true crime is something that you generally like, you like watching videos, then this is your place. Please make sure to subscribe to the channel and like the video. However, I know it's not for anyone, so please feel free, obviously, to carry on. So in today's video, I want to discuss the case of Michael Harding. This is one of those ongoing cases in which we don't really have a lot of answers to, but I do want to share what we know. There are a few things I found in different sources that contradict in other sources. I will make those things clear as we come across them so you know that it is kind of ambiguous as to this one or this one. But I'm hoping more things will come out as this trial makes its way through the court system. Also, before we get into all the details, I want to say that I am basically no expert in anything. Unless it's like workers' comp medical billing for New York State, then I may know a thing or two. But in regards to this, it's only basically my opinion, the things I've gathered in sources, and I'm just putting them out to you as I come across them. Please feel free to go do your own research and come to your own conclusion. And another thing I have to mention real quick, just because this case hasn't made its way through the trial and no one's been convicted, everyone we talk about is innocent until proven guilty. But now let's get back to this specific case. Michael Harding was a 53-year-old man living in Salina, Tennessee at the time that this whole case takes place. He moved there in 2019 after he bought a home that he planned to retire to with his wife, then wife, Julie. Michael was last heard from on September 19th, 2022, when he spoke with a close friend of his saying that he was going to go answer a service call that he received for his HVAC business. And he told that friend that on the way to this call or after, I would believe he would be grabbing his tuxedo for that friend's upcoming wedding. But Michael would never get his tuxedo and unfortunately would never be heard from again. Michael would end up being reported missing by that same friend the next day on September 20th. It was unlike him to just not speak to this friend or to not answer his calls, texts, especially with the fact that Michael was going to pick up a tuxedo for this friend's wedding. Usually, at least for my wedding, you picked it up like four or five days in advance. These places usually don't have enough to rent them out for like weeks on end. Maybe unless they were doing a dozen. I don't know. Either way, obviously... It was coming up at some point. So this friend has not spoken with Michael, made him nervous. He would call the police and report him missing. So the chief of the Clay County Sheriff's Office would go on to do a radio interview right after Michael went missing. And in that interview, he would say that he did not think at that time, like I said, this is right after Michael went missing, that there was any foul play involved and that they were currently treating Michael's disappearance as more of a silver alert to of situation. We talked about alerts a few times on the channel. I find them interesting. I hope that we can implement this more in our everyday life. I wonder how many times if we implemented these amber alerts, silver alerts, blue alerts, camo alerts, whatever alerts that we have going on, that maybe we'd be able to help each other out a little bit more. Because a silver alert is basically used when an elderly person strays away from their normal routine. They don't touch base with the same people. People basically lose track of them is the way that it was described in this article anyways. Now, I guess that's scary that people just lose track of people that quickly. But that might just be because I'm so close with my mother and those that are older in my life that I keep constant track on them. But either way, it also is weird because Michael's only 53. So I think it's weird that I guess that's a silver alert. But I but 53 year olds could, I guess, start to have some mental deterioration and don't follow up with people as much as they could. Or maybe they're doing their own thing. Either way, he was reported missing and police were looking for him in more of a missing persons 
rather than a foul play incident. Police would also release a still picture that they had from surveillance footage that caught Michael's truck in the Bowling Green, Kentucky area around 4.30 p.m. on September 19th. Now, this Bowling Green, Kentucky area isn't really far from his house. So answering a service call, I know they're in different states, but we all know that bordering. I just wanted to make it clear that it was very close. I think we'll go into that. Uh, Regardless of how police classified this, we'll come to find out that unfortunately there was nothing that they could have done to help Michael at this point. Because on September 26, 2002, at 1.03 p.m., a realtor showing a home in the Burksville, Kentucky area would call 911 to report someone unalive in the home they're showing. YouTube is not very nice with some of the words that true crimers use, so I'm trying to replace them. You'll see I'm going to try and do this in my video, but I'm going to use common unalive for someone not being alive. <laughs> Now, this unalive person would be found in the vacant home that the realtor was showing, as I said, in Burksville, Kentucky, which was only about 25 miles away from the Salina home. An autopsy would be conducted, I'm sure. I did not see this officially reported anywhere, though. But usually during the autopsy, they would confirm that the person that was deceased is, in fact, the person that they believe it is. So Michael Harding and news sources would report that he was shot multiple times. And that's really all I saw other than it was deemed a homicide. But the police would promptly start investigating this death as a homicide because of how they found them, I would assume. And they started talking to those closest to Michael. But before we get into more details about what the police did and found, I want to talk a little bit about Michael's life prior to his death. If you are used to some of my more in-depth videos rather than the true crime in the news ones, I try to get to know the victim a little more as much as I can. In this case, there was not a lot about Michael out there. I haven't really seen this case covered crazy by anybody and I found it very interesting. That's why I'm covering it and it's ongoing. I love, I love to follow the ongoing cases through the trial. I enjoy the trial portion of stuff. Enjoy is the wrong word. I find it interesting for sure. But one of his friends spoke out and said that he was a great friend and that they really enjoyed going fishing together. That was a common theme with Michael. It seemed like a lot of people enjoyed fishing with him. I didn't see um, anything other than at the time of his death that he had grandkids and kids that he loved dearly. He was married at the time of his death, but he was going through a divorce. According to his records, he married his wife, 49-year-old Julie Harding, in January 2019. And they lived together in a home in Sacramento, California. I'm not sure when they started dating, but neighbors would report to the news that Michael lived in the home first and then Julie would move in after they married. A lot of sources I read indicated that the couple planned on retiring in the Salina, Tennessee area. So they purchased the beautiful home together in October 2019. It appears after that 2019 purchase that Michael would move his HVAC business that he owned called Around the Clock Heating and Air to Salina from the Sacramento, California area. When Michael relocated to Tennessee, Julie would stay in the California area until February of 2022 when she retired from the California Highway Patrol, where she worked since 1999. So she's been there a while. She was promoted to captain of the Yuba Stutter Division, but was on administrative leave at the time of Michael's death. We will get more into that administrative leave later, though. So the plan seemed to have Michael move to Selena, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Salida. I don't know why I keep saying I think of the Barry Morphew and Salida. So I don't know if that's where Selena came from. So it seems that the plan was that Michael would have moved to Tennessee where he would get his business set up. And then when Julie was able to retire in 2022, she would just follow him there. But to me, that seems like a long time to be away October-ish 2019 until February 20, 
22. I know sometimes couple do things that are better for the relationship and they are separated and that can work for some. For me, I don't know. That'd be great. And for this couple, the distance did not work in their favor. As their marriage seemed to break down and Julie would end up filing for divorce in May of 2022. Now, fast forward to September and Michael has a new girlfriend. I don't know if she's new, but Michael has a girlfriend at this time. I'm not really sure about when they started dating or anything like that. But a few articles said that Michael and his girlfriend lived together. However, in other articles, it does appear that the house was still owned by Julie and Michael. They could just be going through a divorce and they both vacated. They were going to sell it. I'm not sure. It didn't look like they were selling it at that point. But at the same time, there was really no look into anything. You'll see that Julie did not speak out a lot. So this part is unclear to me, and I'm not really sure it matters in the overall case where he was actually physically living, but I just wanted to mention it. So next, I want to give a run through of the timeline as best as I can. A lot of information came from those court records that were released, and then some came from articles. And, you know, I just put it all together to make a timeline. Some of it can be confusing just because of how police got to the bottom of this, but I'll try my best to explain it. Because police were working a lot behind the scenes. You'll come to see that there was a lot that police did that wasn't released from when Michael was found on September 26, 2022 until December 8th, 2022, when the case really popped off and had some advancements. So that day, Sacramento police arrested Thomas Francis O'Donnell of Napa, California at the Sacramento International Airport in connection with the death of Michael Harding. Hearing that kind of sounds like someone's fleeing. Like this, the international airport sounds a little bit like we got another Donna Sue Adelson on our hands. But really, it was reported he was traveling to his sisters who lived in Texas. She would actually call the California Highway Patrol when her brother didn't arrive down there as he was supposed to because she was aware of her brother's link to Julie Harding. Now, I didn't see anything elaborate on what that link was. Were they friends? Were they more romantic? Was it a bad link? Was it a good link? It just said a link. So after Thomas was arrested, the news, of course, would cover on his previous criminal history. Seems like a common thing with news is they're able to dig up all the old history and they'll report it. So back in 2006, he was living in the Houston, Texas area, and he was actually charged with stalking a former girlfriend and then given probation as a, as a result of that charge. According to what the news had reported, I didn't convince myself, but the news reported that he was accused and I guess he pled and I guess given probation. So convicted of choking her, forcing her to sleep with him. I don't know how you too friendly that term will be. Probably not. Chasing her with his car or a car and harassing her at work, which all these incidents spanned over a year. So he was given probation for that. But he was also arrested in 2008 for a DUI and again was given probation, which reportedly it seems like he would have completed by then. So Michael's wife, Julie, was also arrested on December 8th, but not for anything having to do with the death of Michael at that point. She was arrested on stalking and burglary charges for two incidents that took place earlier that year. So the girlfriend of Michael's, her name is out there. I really don't feel comfortable saying her name because it doesn't really add much to the story. It doesn't have, in my, I don't know if it really has anything to do with it. That's not what the prosecutors say, but his girlfriend really doesn't have anything nothing to do here. So I don't want to bring someone who's innocent just into my YouTube video. So his girlfriend would report to police that on October 10th, 2022, she saw on a ring doorbell camera, Julie Harding walk up to her door with a leash in her hand. I'm going to try and put the video in here.
But for those of you in the podcast form, the video shows Julie walking up to the front door, calling the name Charlie, saying, come here, boy, things like that. You know, sounding like you would talk to a dog, opening the door, having Charlie, who was the dog, come out and then her running off with him. Now, it appears that Charlie had belonged to Michael and Julie when they were together. And I would assume at this point, since he was in Tennessee with Michael's girlfriend, that he was living with Michael at the time of Michael's death. In one source, it says that his girlfriend would advise police that she was more than willing to hand over Charlie to Julie as long as she could do it at a police station so she felt safe. But another source said that Julie had tried on multiple occasions to legally have Charlie return to her. But if you think about it, now this trespassing charge happened on October 10th and Michael died on September 19th. That really doesn't give a whole lot of time for legally things to play out. Then on October 13th, Michael's girlfriend filed another report saying that she was afraid of Julie and that Julie had been harassing her. According to his girlfriend, her Netflix account was hacked by someone she could only assume was Julie. She would say that there were only two names on the account, one showing the girlfriend's name with a picture of a monkey and then one showing a picture of an angry princess with Julie's name underneath it. Then the other accounts that had previously been on there had been deleted. So this caused her to be arrested on the 8th, but she would be released the next day since she was only charged with, I'm sure, nothing that serious, nothing regarding with Michael. But it was reported around the same time that she was arrested on December 8th. Her Sacramento home was overtaken by police officers with their guns drawn. I'm not sure how that was just a news report saying that. So I'm not really sure how that went down. But neighbors would tell reporters that the FBI agents informed them that there was a search warrant on that home and that there was really no threat to the neighborhood. Her work area, you know, because she was a captain for the California Highway Patrol, that was searched as well. And there were some cards that the police found that were signed by Rob. And this would be including a Valentine's Day card. So it's rather in interesting to me. Because Julie would not reportedly file for divorce until May of 2022, but she did get a Valentine's Day card from another man, which doesn't always mean something's going on. But usually I don't give a Valentine's Day card to anyone but my husband or somebody I'm dating or maybe my work office, but I don't like not like that. But unfortunately, we haven't seen anything else with that. His sister did report that Thomas O'Donnell did often go by Rob, which I'm not really sure, but... So the morning after she was released from jail, so it would be on December 10th, a mail carrier delivering mail to the neighborhood of the Salina home that Michael and Julie shared or bought together found the body of Julie Harding. Allegedly, there was a note written that Michael's friend mentioned during an interview that a note was found next to Julie's body. Again, the police have not confirmed this, so I just want to say that allegedly this letter said, quote, Mike, I guess you win, unquote. So I'm not really sure. The fact that she would put that in a letter makes me think that she had something to do with it and it definitely describes what kind of person she is this person was had their life taken because of who knows why we'll get into maybe why but had their life taken and you're saying i guess you won because you're taking your life i don't that doesn't jive with me but like i said i cannot confirm this was said but i can confirm that the tennessee bureau of investigations or the tbi as it's known released a statement that her death does not appear to be foul play it was reported in the news that she died from a single gunshot wound to the head. So take that as you will. Now, according to the Napa Valley Register, she was on administrative leave at the time of her death because she had multiple surgeries from some injury that occurred while she was on the job. And she was reportedly back in Tennessee. She told her friend that she was going back there 
to find some clarity and to obtain some possessions that had been stolen. Not sure what she was referring to, but I can only assume that it was Charlie, their shared dog. After she was found deceased, there was some other rumbling that she may have been involved in the death of Michael, but those closest to Julie are adamant that she had nothing to do with it. So I just want to mention that just, you know, she's not here. So I want to mention that. But at this point, if she did have any part in it, she's not going to obviously be brought to justice. So there's nothing really that we can do about that. Now, I do want to go through the timeline around both Julie and Michael's death leading up to and after so we can uncover what made the police think that Thomas O'Donnell is guilty of this. So it really starts with Julie Harding withdrawing large sums of cash on different dates in different locations without Michael's knowledge or consent, which seems like a big no-no, especially because isn't that like money you have together? But again, neither here nor there. We're not there. But she withdrew $73,000 on March 9th, 2022. She withdrew $102,000 on May 23rd. And then the next day, she withdrew $47,000. Following this, Michael would obviously learn this. And he would start leaving notes around the house on bank statements to basically taunt Julie, saying, oh, there's no money in this account. Oh, there's no money in this account. I'm not sure if they both went to this house, why you would leave notes if she doesn't go there. Like, I don't. I don't know, but they were they were not saying that according to release documents. Police also show that before Michael's death, Julian Thomas had substantial and significant contacts with each other. It was said between July 1st, 2022 and September 8th, 2022, they had 194 voice contacts. In those same documents, police outline what they thought connected the dots between Julie Thomas and Michael including on the day that Michael was killed. So starting at 11 a.m. on September 11th, a realtor of an empty home on Glasgow Road in Burksville, Tennessee, received a voicemail from what appeared to be another realtor. Well, I don't want to say appear because the person in the voicemail said they were another realtor. So he just assumed it was a realtor from Keller Williams, like the person said, and that that person requested a code to get into the home on Glasgow Road to do a showing. People wanted to see the home, according to the realtor in the voicemail. Now, this realtor who had the code would just send the code to the person as requested so they could show the house. Everybody wants to make money in this situation. But police think this realtor asking for the code was actually Thomas using a burner phone. This same phone would then be used to call Michael's HVAC company requesting a service to the home on Glasgow Road. This is when Michael would speak to his friend and said he would return with a tuxedo after he would do the service call. Now, investigators believe that while on this service call, Michael was in the house when he was shot and killed. Police reviewed footage of the area and confirmed that a vehicle linked to Thomas was seen traveling past the Cumberland County Courthouse at 12.55 p.m. Now, this is another part in the timeline that I'm a little unsure about because some sources say that it was Thomas's 2020 Tundra that was seen on the footage. But also some sources say that Thomas flew to Tennessee the day before the killing and then flew back to California after. So I'm not sure if he had his own vehicle or if maybe he rented a car and that was seen on footage that was able to be linked to him. Either way, while police are viewing all this information, they were able to track Thomas O'Donnell's movement for a few months prior to September 19, 2022, such as how he would check into hotel rooms and where his phones would be. They did this basically to confirm that he was in the area at this time and he was in possession of these phones prior to Michael being, being killed. So back on August 31st, 2022, Thomas actually checked into American Black Hawk Casino Hotel in Colorado, I believe it was, maybe I'm wrong, where he really enjoyed the casino. 
Now, around the time he was checked in, police were reviewing cell phone records around this area, and they were able to confirm that his cell phone or the cell phone that he used to call the HVAC service was with Michael at this or was with Thomas at this time. They were able to confirm that when he checked out of the hotel, this phone left the hotel as well. Now, they were able to do that a few times in a few different places. I don't want to go over too many because it gets confusing, but in some of the court documents, it outlines a bunch of phone pinging that makes Thomas in the same area as the killing. Also revealed in these court documents were times that Thomas's phone could be linked to Verizon Towers near Julie's home, well, Julie's Sacramento home. Allegedly, this included the night before he traveled to Tennessee. There was a time when police were conducting surveillance on Julie's Sacramento home on November 20th. Police were actually able to physically witness Thomas at Julie's Sacramento home on November 29th, 2022. They were conducting surveillance. This was after Michael had passed away. And Thomas's phone had pinged near Julie's Sacramento home from 12.50 p.m. to 7.50 p.m. But the FBI noticed that he wasn't like at her home. He was actually parked like a mile or half a mile away at some community center parking lot. And he actually drove past her home a few times, which is kind of weird. It makes me even more weirded out, I guess, because he actually had these stalking charges. That's just a big weird. No, no. Mm -mm. I don't like that one bit. But these same court documents said that there was no other communication between Michael and Thomas between like ever, except for this HVAC call. Like this was the only time that they spoke to each other was that one HVAC call when Thomas was allegedly a realtor. Allegedly, again, Thomas has not been to trial yet. We'll get there. There was also an incident outlined in court documents by court documents or police reports where police were called to the home in Salina back in October of 2021. Clay County Sheriff's Office was contacted by a friend of Julie's who requested a welfare check done on Julie because this friend says she hadn't spoken with Julie. Julie wasn't responding. She was nervous. She wanted to make sure that she was okay. So the police officer would arrive at the home just to make sure everything was good. And when he got out of his car, he noticed a green laser like on his vest. And so he immediately got in like a prone position, was able to get back into his squad, his car and hit his light so that the person at the home would know that it was police at the home. So Michael would exit his home and walk down the driveway with his hands up, explaining to officers that he's had some pop problems with people coming onto his property as of lately and he's been using the laser sight to scare them off but police were able to speak with julie who confirmed that she was good everything was all right there was no duress they left nothing actually came of that now this friend would elaborate saying that after she spoke with julie after this incident julie was quite upset about this she was not happy that the friend did this however i understand the friend the friend would go on to say that the reason she did this was because some of the things that julie had told her about her and mike's relationship had made her nervous about the relationship a little uneasy about it so the fact that julie was not responding to her calls and texts it made her nervous at one point julie said that prior to this welfare check that she was ready to come back because she found out some things about her husband that she didn't like and she needed to get in contact with like a divorce lawyer. So I can understand where this friend is coming from being a little un uneasy about the situation. Now basically that's in a nutshell all we know. Colson, this is just the start of the legal process with O'Donnell now officially indicted for murder. But aside from that charging document, a court clerk tells me a judge has sealed all the other documents in this case 
from being released to the public. As of right now, we know Thomas was arrested in California back in December of 2022, where he would eventually be extradited to Kentucky, where he has been or was held on $1 million bail. In April of 2023, the state of Kentucky filed a notice that they planned on seeking the death penalty for Thomas due to some aggravating factors that include... Thomas engaged in a conspiracy with Julie Harden and that he committed the offense for himself or another, Julie, to receive money or any monetary value of profit. Now, that sounds like this whole thing was committed for some sort of money, money in the bank accounts, the house, not really sure, but in regards to the divorce. And by all accounts, Julie had taken her own life, which to me and to a lot of other people, that shows a sign of guilt. But we can't bring her to justice in these court documents or this uh, notice to seek the death penalty. It seems like Julie Harding would have been next. Police were on to the situation and believe that she was a part of it. But we'll have to see how this plays out through the courts. I haven't really seen much reported since that notice seek the death penalty was filed, but I'm sure the lawyers are just going through discovery. And it seems like there's going to be a lot of data evidence that's They have to go through tracking cell phones, especially linking the burner phone to Thomas. It seemed like that was very monotonous. That was very tedious. That does not sound fun. But I'm sure they're going to have to go through all of that. And there's obviously surveillance footage. It's going to be a lot. And hopefully we get some more update on this. I will go ahead and cover this in one of my true crime updates at some point if there's comes more out of this or when does more come out of this. Because at some point something has to happen. I haven't seen anything really reported on it since like July of 2023. And that was just reporting on the notice that was filed in April. So I haven't seen anything court-wide, but I'm not in the Kentucky area. So if you see anything on this, feel free to send it to me on my Instagram. I don't really check Twitter. I'm not really sure how fa- check Send me that to me on my Instagram or I have. There's some links where you can get a hold of me in the description box where you can find ways to support the channel. You can find sources that I've used. Feel free to reach out to me on any of those with any of this information. And I'll go ahead and cover it because sometimes when you're not around the area, you don't really get these articles. You can only look through so much, especially when it's current. But on that note, that's all I have. So until the next time, stay safe out there. The world can be an ugly place.